My name is Kalyani Saxena, and you're listening to Cognitive Dissident, a podcast about politics and minority history. The Kenyan government has recently launched a new national biometric identity program. Under this program, each citizen gets a unique identification number. This ID is required in order for people to get many of the benefits that they would typically receive as citizens. This means education, healthcare, housing, voting, obtaining marriage licenses, bank accounts, and phone numbers are all linked to this new national biometric ID. Since the launch of the program, nearly 40 million Kenyans have had their fingerprints and faces documented. Kenya's total population is 49.7 million. This program has become a tool for discrimination of ethnic, racial, and religious minorities who are not easily able to get their biometric ID. In order for most citizens to receive a biometric identification number, adults need to provide a national identity card, and those under 18 need a birth certificate. But for ethnic minorities, including Somalis and Indians and Arabs, the standard is higher and more difficult to meet. According to the New York Times, members of these groups often have to provide the land titles or papers of their grandparents. These documents are often incredibly difficult to obtain. Sometimes they're subjected to questioning by security agents. In some rural areas, the times in which citizens can apply are limited to specific days or certain seasons. As a result of these restrictions, 5 million of Kenya's population have been delayed ID cards or outright denied cards. This program and these restrictions are especially troubling because it allows the government to limit ethnic minorities' access to resources and it creates a basis for social control and punishment. Interestingly enough, Kenya's ID program is not the first of its kind. In 2018, India's ruling party, the BJP, expanded Adahar, a program which was initially intended to reduce fraud through a unique and hard-to-forge ID. Biometric data collection is linked to everything, from traffic tickets to bank accounts. It even includes welfare programs. This has had real practical implications. Poor people who need government benefits will often have to scan their fingerprints at the ration stop. Retirees who want their pension also have to scan their fingerprints. In fact, according to the New York Times, newborn babies often cannot leave the hospital until they are signed up underneath this ID program. Now, many of the governments who launch programs like Adahar and Kenya's ID registration argue that this is for the better of the country, that having a more standard ID system will lead to easier distribution of resources and benefits and will also prevent corruption and exploitation. And while the state may claim that this is for the good of the people, this isn't the whole truth. There are many reasons related to state control that governments that are both demographically diverse and seeking to limit citizenship might choose to pursue biometric IDs. For one, 
these laws aren't just restricting access to one or two or even three aspects of life. They're giving the state enormous control over every aspect of public life. You want to get married? You have to have an ID. You want to have a phone number? You have to have an ID. You want to go to school? You have to have an ID. When the state becomes the main source by which belonging and identity are doled out and authenticated, it is extremely easy to exclude minorities and enemies of the state. As University of Hyderabad professor Pramod K. Nair says in his article, I Sing the Body Biometric, Surveillance and Biological Citizenship. In a surveillance society, we are not seeking identity as much as an authentication of claimed identity. ID cards are not meant to identify you, but to validate your claim that you are who you say you are. This quote really points to an essential issue with the link between citizenship and ID. It indicates to us that citizenship is constructed. It's constructed by the state. And when you create such a narrow construction of identity, and when you give the state the means to limit access to that identity, you're also giving the state means to limit access to resources. Another reason in which states might choose to pursue biometric IDs is that they're incredibly useful in facilitating surveillance. In India, the Modi government has linked biometric ID to cell phone and bank accounts. States within India have manipulated this law and used this data to map where people live. In China, where many Muslims are currently being detained for re-education, analysis of a recently leaked document demonstrated that state identification and surveillance are inextricably linked. The document contained the names and government identities of more than 300 residents held in the camps and information on their relatives and neighbors. When each citizen has an ID number, it's much easier to keep track of them and also to ensure that when you want to contain them, you're able to do so. Another way in which states use biometric ID is to make identity something quantifiable and tangible. The body becomes the apparatus of citizenship, the face, the fingertips. It provides a reason for people to police the body because if the body doesn't match the criterion of identification, it doesn't match the criterion of citizenship. In India, many people who have had a life of hard manual labor have no readable prints. This has had serious implications. In one state, 20% of households have been unable to get food rations. Additionally, leprosy patients have been told that despite the fact their illness damages their fingers and eyes, they will not receive benefits unless they pass fingerprint and iris scans. In creating biometric ID as a standard that all people must meet, the state has ensured that some people who never could meet that standard will never have a legitimate claim to citizenship. It provides a reason for the state to police the body. In Kenya, the law, the biometric ID law, imposes fines and criminal penalties, including prison time, for failing to register. So what exactly can people do in response to these laws? It turns out that activism is incredibly crucial. In Kenya, on January 31st, 2020, the High Court temporarily suspended the nation's new national biometric identity program. According to the New York Times, this is going to make it even more difficult for the government to pass this identity program in the future because it'll have to pass new laws under the watchful eyes of the public. 
So if it weren't for activists paying attention to these issues and filing court cases, it's entirely possible that restrictive identity laws would be sweeping across Kenya as we speak. So if nothing else, to all you activists out there, pay attention. The collection of biological data may seem like a frivolous, benevolent tool of the state, but in reality, it can be a slippery slope to disenfranchisement and even detainment.